1: Happy Friday everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast, the Friday DFS version. I am Scott Jensen, back with you after a week off. I apologize for missing a week last week. Uh back with Ryan Bolangi as always on Fridays. We could uh, we appreciate it if you guys could rate and review the podcast. Helps us out a lot. Helps people find the podcast, etc. We are sponsored by Winbet. Obviously, appreciate them for uh for being a partner on the podcast all year long. Uh Ryan, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that stuff. How is everything with you?
2: Oh yeah. Everything's good. Um, moved back to London. So we got a change of scenery Um, a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, last week, uh, Bengals stacks won everything. Looking back, uh, it's pretty obvious, you know, Joe Burrow under six K for maybe the first time all season against the Ravens who had, you know, were banged up in the secondary and had sort of been getting shredded by the pass and almost no one was on Burrow. Uh, him and T Higgins were not very popular neither was chase. Um, You could have stacked that game almost any way. Uh, Mark Andrews continued to crush. um, But yeah, hopefully we'll find a spot like that uh, this week and try to win a tournament.
1: Yeah, it was it was wild. I played very light last week just because we didn't do I didn't do the podcast and I was just kind of busy with holiday stuff. I played one team, did pretty well, didn't have Burrow. I don't know if I had, you know, if i had really dug into it if I would have gotten there. I played Josh Allen, which, you know, worked pretty darn well too, but uh yeah, Burrow was obviously I mean, anytime you go what what was that 525 and 4? Like there's like Ten games ever in the NFL with with over 500 yards and four touchdowns, like a historic level game. So uh, every time I looked up, someone T Higgins was catching another 20 yarder. So it was uh, a wild game. We have a we have a huge slate this week. Uh, the NFL sprung no Saturday games, no Thursday games on us. Um, so we have a huge slate this week. We have 14 games of this. You know, we were working uh, mid season. We had some buys and Thursday games. We had like 10, 11 games. Um, this is a 14 game slate. It's huge. Nine early, five late. Uh, before we get into it, I just kind of curious, how do you like kind of deal with something like this with 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 this biggest slate? Um does that what is that how does that, like affect how you kind of prep how you uh, how you build your teams?
2: Um I think I think in general, um I'm less concerned about Uh, less concerned about popularity or or, or roster ship percentage, you know, with 14 games, you're probably going to be unique. Yeah. A a few guys will still be very popular, but less so than on most weeks. So I don't think you need to do anything crazy to get leverage. You can kind of play uh, whichever you think is the best chalk and um, you know, one or two guys that are going to be, you know, everyone's going to be, a little bit less popular than usual because we have three or four more extra games. Um, So it's kind of just, you know, play the best plays even more so and and not so, not so, not so worried about uh, who's going to be popular or do I have too chalky of a lineup?
1: Yeah, that was pretty much my answer on it. It's like as you spread out of I me, mean, you've got 28 quarterbacks to pick from. You've got you just have so much stuff and you know all those top running backs are all playing and they're all on a slate. It's like, you know, we we get weeks where you know, last week we always had the cheap running backs were pretty easy and obvious but I mean, you know we just have there's a lot of big names when you don't have teams on by. you don't have teams there uh, all that kind of stuff and i also do uh, i also cross off games a little bit more than I would in game games like there's a, there's a couple games here we have a we have a thirty seven a thirty seven and a half a thirty nine and a half um you know over under totals and you know, I've got a maybe a play or two here and there on some of those games, but like for the most part, like I kind of flew through those games as I was I was researching for this. And you know, if you if you have so many choices, I tend to kind of be a little more likely to just kind of get rid of some games. So uh, yeah, I, I did that a little bit too. But we do have a Sunday night game that won't we'll be on the slate. That's Minnesota Green Bay, kind of a fun game there, and then Cleveland at Pittsburgh, um, less fun from a fantasy perspective there on Monday night. So we won't be talking about those, but. It's another interesting week in terms of totals. Um, we have two games that are over fifty on the slate. Uh, we've got Arizona and Dallas fifty one and a half, KC and Cincy is fifty one, and then that's those are the only two games. Not only not only over fifty, but over forty seven. Like there are just not a lot of high games. A little bit later. We're going to talk about which games you and I think, um, you know, a, a, aside from those two, are good ones to stack. Kind of games where attacking attacking. They might go over the total. Might go a little more back and forth than that one. Uh, but there's nine games under 45 this week. Like you're going to have to pick and choose and find some games that um, you think are going to they have to go over the Vegas total. You're going to have to pick some plays from those games. Um, on the super low side, we got Detroit and Seattle's 42 and a half. Jacksonville, New England's 41 and a half. Miami, Tennessee, Newton, uh, the Giants, of Chicago. And Caroline, New Orleans, all under 40. So you've got a lot of low games on here. It's a it's an interesting slate where we should see a lot of people um, kind of stack those two big games.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I agree with what you said about crossing games off on bigger slates. I, yeah. I like that idea. I'll cross a few of these games off. Um, and I think, uh, like you mentioned, those two games over 50 will be popular. So if you stack them, you might need one or two pieces of, of leverage to, to try to get a bit different. Um yeah, we've seen a lot of low totals on these slates recently, and a lot of these games just don't look great. So a lot of people will go to Dallas, Arizona. Uh, there's some good salaries in that game, and then people will also go to KC. Yeah. Uh, I think
1: I think KC is the big one, especially coming off last week of Cincinnati's explosion. I think that game. I mean, I think everybody's talking about the game. Everybody wants to watch that game. Um, obviously, it's a weather thing, too. I mean, weather, we talk about weather as we get here. You know, this is the time of year where weather weather really matters. We've seen that mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you're going to get some snow. There, The Sunday night game, uh, there's talk of it being three degrees at kickoff. Like, granted, I don't think that's – if it's, like, not raining or not sleeting or not snowing, whatever it may be in Green Bay, I think that'll be okay. Like, you could deal with cold weather. But, um, you know, this is one of those days – one of those weeks that were Sunday morning. Um, you got to flip through the weather make sure we don't have any, like, you know, snowy, w- windy games in terms of, in terms of pass offenses.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up weather. Um, Last week, I thought there was big edge on that on the afternoon slate when you saw the conditions in Seattle for that Bears game. Um, I initially uh, at about noon, I was planning to have around 100 percent of DK Metcalf and some of the some of the passing game. Then I saw, you know, the snow and the conditions. And I went all the way to zero DK Metcalf. So I I was, you know, I was so tilted when he caught that 40-yard touchdown right away. Um, That happened to be, he he only had one catch for one more yard after that. So still didn't do great. But if you caught that weather, yeah, it was a big edge to avoid the passing games and then load, uh, you know, David Montgomery and even Rashad Penny, who had huge games in the snow. Uh, So, yeah, we haven't been paying attention to weather. Uh, For the most part up until, you know, this last week and but going forward. Yeah, very important. Um, You know, dome games look better and cold snowy games look worse for the passing game and sometimes can be good for the running game.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And obviously wind is a big thing for me too. Like that's, that's the one factor. Like if you're going to get those big gusts, teams are just not willing to throw the ball. more than I mean, somebody's quarterbacks look fine, but like coaches just want to run the ball. They want to run the clock. And we just obviously don't want that from a fantasy perspective. But uh, so let's talk about some, uh, some guys we think are going to be popular. We talked about, you know, the, with the big slate, you know, popular does come down. I think the first name we have to talk about in terms of talking about who's going to be on a lot of teams is what to do this week with Trey Lance. He is uh, 4,800 at quarterback. Um, all indication is that he's going to start for the 49ers this week. Uh, as a 49er fan, I'm excited to watch. A little nervous. I, I really want him to be good, uh, but it's certain, we'll, we'll obviously know by Sunday what's going to happen for sure. But Jimmy Garoppolo has not practiced the last three days. I can't fathom they're going to use him after not practicing all week. He was terrible against Tennessee last week. Uh, cost them that game, in my opinion. Had a couple of really bad picks. Um, a couple – I mean, missed Kyle Juszczyk for a wide-open touchdown. So – Uh, A weird little like maybe changing of the guard moment obviously depends how Trey Lance looks. Um, But 4,800 for a guy who runs the ball is really, really cheap when you get that rushing floor in there.
2: Yep. Um, Trey Lance is too cheap for this spot. Um, I think for cash games, he's basically a lock. I would say I'm going to be playing him in cash for sure. Um, You know, it's a good matchup at home against Houston. He ran the ball 16 times uh, in his last start for 89 yards um, you know, he if he was 6,000, you know, he'd probably still be a decent play and a decent cash option, uh, right. in this spot. But 4,800, yeah, it's just really cheap. And, um, we might not have like, you know, it's early, but we might not have the crazy cheap value that that we've had recently. And rostering Lance at QB allows you to spend up for the, you know, if Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, maybe an expensive tight end. Uh, So, yeah, I think Lance for cash games just makes a ton of sense. Um, And then, of course, he's a good tournament play, too. Um, I'm not sure about, you know, his passing upside. Uh, I think I probably prefer uh, Kittle and Debo when Garoppolo's in there. But, you know, it's tough to say. We haven't seen much of Lance. Um, I'm not sure how popular those guys will be in tournaments, so it might be okay. I, I, I can see people not wanting to spend for Debo and Kittle. Uh, with Lance in there so I think you know it's probably good for tournaments too Uh, you can always you can also play him naked in tournaments though Uh, you gotta say that a $4,800 quarterback who who runs yeah so I'll I'll play him in cash and I'll probably have some exposure in tournaments too it's a good price and you know he's got a pretty clear path to 20 points and that that's really good uh, for 4,800 yeah
1: I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do in terms of the offense. They were very limited with the offense, when he played um, against Arizona the first time. But like you said, ran 16 times, but he was 15 to 29. I mean, he still threw the ball 30 times. They were down in that game. Um, he was one night. And there was no George Kittle in that game either. So like the offense and Brandon, Ayuk kind of wasn't fully out of the doghouse yet. Like their offense is way more uh, full of weapons at the moment than it was when, when he first played. So it'll be interesting. I have to think that, uh, you know, with, a, with the kind of a game plan in place, Shanahan will have some stuff built in for him. Um, but it'll be fascinating. We'll see. Will, we'll know kind of, you know, how much he – He apparently he's looked good in practice, been like playing scout quarterback and, you know, got player of the week a couple of those weeks. And really – but uh, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how aggressive they are. I guess my only concern would be they are playing Houston if they get up with some, you know, some running early on. You know, maybe they just hand the ball off 25 times in the second half. So there is, there is a floor here, but, you know, it's uh, – with his rushing ability – um, it's just, it's it's hard not to do it at 4,800, but if you were to, if you're in a tournament, you want to get away from Lance, you want to do something else. Um, I would assume Josh Allen is the most popular. He's 8,000 though. He's really pricey, but, um, he's rolling right now. Um, three touchdowns in each of his last three games. They're playing Atlanta. They're at home. You know what? Another weather check. Seattle be in Buffalo on game day, but a really good matchup. Atlanta just cannot get after the quarterback. They're last in the NFL in pressure rate. They're last in sacks. They're 30th in passing points per yard. Like, it's it's a mess of a defense there. Um, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago. We talked about it. even Garoppolo without the rush would be it would be a play there. Um, game script is a problem here. They're big favorites against Atlanta. You know, maybe they hand the ball off. But uh, when it comes to Josh Allen, you know, he's kind of part of the running game too. And he's, he's involved in everything they do there.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think Allen's the top spend up. Um, like you said, I think weather – Weather is important with that game being in Buffalo. Um, So I'll look to that as sort of uh, the decider, whether I want to roster Allen in tournaments or not. Yeah, there's blowout risk. um, There is for a lot of these games. Um, I'm not so much worried about that. Um, Allen and the Bills can put up five touchdowns in the first half, uh, and he can get there. Um, I think there's some quarterbacks in the mid-range that look good, too. Um, this 6,800, 6,700, 6,600, this sort of high six range, you have Herbert, Dak, and Jalen Hurts. I think, uh, any of those make for good tournament plays. Um, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't have skipped from the very top. I don't know. Did you want to talk about Mahomes, Brady, those guys at all? I think when we talk about passing stacks
1: and stacking games, we will. We'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely get into those quarterbacks. We'll talk about Mahomes and Brady and and Joe Burrow. But I agree that that high sixty eight hundred range is interesting. I think there's enough guys in there when nobody will like jump out and be super popular. I know people like Jalen Hurts with the rushing ability. He just he scares me a little bit just based on. The fact that you got to get those rushing touchdowns. He only ran the ball twice last week, which is a little concerning. And you don't want to rely on the passing, but, you know, they played Washington two weeks ago. He, he was really big in that game. He had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know, he only had 38 yards rushing. But he had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, so I think people will like going back to that matchup. Washington hasn't been able to stop anybody, uh, any quarterbacks all year long. So it's, uh, the matchup is good there, but uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of plays in the middle. We'll talk about that, but I think Allen probably jumps out a little bit. And then obviously Trey jumps way off the page at 4,800.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, uh... I should also mention Taysom Hill uh, back and he's 6,000. I have no, I have
1: no idea what to do with that one. I'm going to be, I'm going to be fully, uh, fully open on that one. I saw the price. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, I see the new Orleans offense. I'm like, yeah, less interesting, but um, yeah, he certainly, I mean, he certainly runs so much that he can get there for pretty easily, pretty quickly.
2: Yeah. So if we didn't have Trey Lance on the slate, I think people would be talking a lot more about Taysom Hill. Yeah. Um, Good point. So I don't, you know, yeah, I don't think he'll be too popular, but we know what kind of upside he has with that rushing. And then, you know, similar to what I said about Lance, if we didn't have Lance, um, I think people would also be talking about Tyler Huntley. Um, 5,600 is a pretty good price. Obviously, you know, this is assuming Lamar is out, which he hasn't practiced as of yet, but I watched, um, I watched
1: that. I watched that one clip of Lamar, uh, and practice the other day. I don't, that'll just anyway. He's playing.
2: No. Yeah, I don't either. And, uh, you know, Huntley's, Huntley's shown uh, to be a good fantasy quarterback. 13 yeah. rushes for 73 yards last time out. Actually, at least 40 yards rushing in all three of these starts. Um, and 5,600 is a good price tag. So I think you can consider Huntley as well in in that lower range. When
1: we talk about uh, we talk about games to stack outside of the big two, Tyler Huntley might come up in my conversation. I'm just I'm just going to tease that right now. Um, what about running back? There's a lot of mid range running backs I want to talk about. I think we'll talk about them when we talk about mid range. But Jonathan Taylor is nine thousand um, against the Raiders. Pretty good matchup there. We have the risk of Carson Wentz is uh, we uh, kind of up in the air at the moment with the COVID stuff. We don't know if he's going to make it back in time. Um, how interested are you in Taylor? The offensive line is finally They they were missing three guys last week. They are back now, um, including Quentin Nelson, who's on the COVID list. Um, do you need Wentz to play to play Taylor at the price? Uh, where do you feel about this at 9,000?
2: Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I like Taylor better with or without Wentz. I mean, you know, okay. if Wentz isn't in there, um, they're still going to be favorites in this game against the Raiders um, and they might have to lean on Taylor more. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, it's up to say that he's getting, you know, 25, 30 carries a game. Right. Um, it's a little concerning that he hasn't been involved in the passing game recently. Um, he actually has zero catches in the last three weeks, only two targets. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I liked, of course I like Taylor. I don't know. If I'd rather have him with Wentz or without Wentz, what where do you fall on that? I think I'd rather have him with Wentz. It's not like Wentz
1: is a guy that's going to drop back and throw it forty times every. But I just like the threat of that. I assume that if Sam Ellinger plays, um, the Raiders will stack the box. I mean, you might as well dare him to throw if you can. I don't know. I mean, with Taylor, he can still bust one. Last week was weird. Like their offensive line was pretty decimated. He had 108 yards, but he had like a 45 yard t- like uh, carry early in the game, and he was kind of just average and didn't do much after that. It Was like whatever that was 26 for 40 or for 60 something the rest of the carries but um their offensive line is back uh, the raiders played the denver running backs really well last week javante williams was like seven for 12 um the raiders have only got 200 yard rushers all year so um this magic doesn't scare me but the raiders haven't been thrashed on the ground either it's tough he's nine thousand. he's really expensive but you know has just been a beast all year long last week lack was, was the first time in 11 games he hadn't scored a touchdown um I think I'd rather have Wentz play though. I think uh, I'd rather have at least that threat of uh, you know kind of a veteran quarterback in there. I, I think that's uh, I think I think to play nine thousand, I probably need Carson to play.
2: Yeah, you know, I think I agree with you because with Wentz in there, you know, you figure they're going to be inside the twenty a lot more often. So you got to figure Taylor's touchdown equity is considerably higher with Wentz in there and you know yeah. a better offense.
1: Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, we're talking mid-range running backs in a little bit. I think there's a whole bunch of guys in like kind of that uh, 5,000 or 7,000 range that are playable. There's also a lot of guys between 7,000 and 9,000 at Taylor that are probably going to be low percentage this week. You know, It's just tough to get them in, but we'll talk about those also. But I want to hit uh, popular receivers real quick. I think there's two guys in the 6,000s that really jumped out. It's like, oh, my gosh, everybody's going to be carrying those. It's, it's Antonio Brown at 6,100. It's Jalen Waddle at 6,700. Um did those jump off the page to you as much as they did to me?
2: Yeah, absolutely. both those guys. Um, Antonio Brown still mispriced without uh, Chris Godwin. he should be he should be seven thousand for sure without Godwin uh, for any matchup. Um, not to mention a matchup against the Jets. Uh, yeah, so yeah 15, I think fifteen targets last week is just massive. fifteen targets last week, yeah, ten catches. Um, spot against the Jets and just too cheap. Um, so Brown, yep. Yeah, Rounds a, a lock for cash games again. Um, not a must for tournaments, but obviously a good play. And then Waddle, yeah. Um, I like Waddle in cash games too. Uh, those targets, 12, 11, 10. Um, just the, the way they use him, you feel safe. You feel safe with Waddle that he's going to get his catches. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think those are the popular players in, in the 6K range. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Waddle, I mean, Waddle's just so involved right now. You mentioned the targets, but you know, last
1: seven games, it it goes a ways back. He has nine plus targets in six of those seven. He has eight plus catches in five of those seven. Like that's PPR gold. You start at eight points before you even, you know, get off the, get off the bus. Like that, that's just huge in PPR. He has 90 plus yards his last three games. So now he's combining the catches with actually doing something with them. Uh, Not only that Tennessee who they're playing is, is last in the NFL in catches, Yards and points per game to slot wide receivers like the matchup works, the play that works, the player works, the way they're playing right now works, uh, the way he's kind of syncing with Tua works. Um, I was surprised he was 6,700 Probably because he played a Monday Night football last week. He didn't. He didn't get the bump up after the uh, the, the ninety two yards and a touchdown. I, I think that he jumps out too. And you mentioned Brown. I mean, just the, the Jets are just. It's a, they're a mess. They're thirty first in wide re, in targets uh, yards per target to wide receivers. Um, you know, you mentioned O'Godwin, Godwin, no Mike Evans. Also, it looks like uh, it's pretty much him and Gronk. Um, I just think I, I, I think I, Brown and Wild jumped way off to me. I was a little surprised on both of their prices.
2: Yeah. Um... Sorry, I was just looking at Evans quickly. I think we're going to have Evans back.
1: Oh, you do? All right. I, last I read, it was it was looking pretty pretty uh, pretty questionable on him, but that's uh, that's good at least.
2: I just see, yeah, the note here says he was running routes and he was catching passes, and which
1: those are both good things for a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, he he appears to be activated uh, from from the reserve COVID oh, nice. list. All it's right. not official yet, um, but yeah. So so if if Evans didn't play. Yeah, that's, a, that's another big bump to Brown. Uh, if Evans does play, you can definitely get off Brown for tournaments. Um, but as of now, yeah, my cash lineup had Cooper Cup, Waddle, and Brown in there. I think it's pretty straightforward, uh, and you'll have the salary for that if you want to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously mentioned Trey Lance. Just a 4,800 quarterback opens up so much you can do uh, everywhere mm-hmm. else. So
2: let's talk about some, uh,
1: some tournament stuff, some stacks here. But first, a note from our sponsors at WinBet there's one thing we do, we appreciate here at Roto-Wire, is making good decisions, and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more, all your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at backgammon. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 all in your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: So, Ryan, this is one of those weeks we talked about. uh, We talked about the over unders uh, on those two games the Arizona game, the Arizona Dallas game, the Kansas City Cincinnati game over 50. Nobody else over 47. Uh, Before we get into some individual stacks, I kind of wanted to talk about. uh, some, uh, some games, maybe off the radar, these games that aren't uh, the, the 47 and below games you think might go over the Vegas total that you're interested in stacking. Um, what games jump off the page for you? If you could pick one or two, uh, I have a couple here myself too, but what are you looking at? What kind of games are you looking to attack and stack um, to get it kind of away from those top two games?
2: Yeah, so I'm not sure if any jump off the page. Um, okay. It's tough. You know, it's tough after those two games with. The total is above 50. Um, The one I was looking at that I think is interesting is Tampa Bay and the Jets. Um, First, just like a little bit of narrative with Brady. He had been sort of the clear MVP favorite up until last week, um, and now he's been passed by Rodgers. I think Brady wants that award. Uh, you can see him, you know, it's a matchup against the Jets. So a right. few stats, the the Bucks have the number one rated offensive line and the number one rated defensive line. And the Jets are bottom five in both of those categories. So it's just it's a great spot for the Bucs. Um, I can see, you know, I would play this game. Uh, in hopes of like a 35, 14 score, you know, some people are, you know, afraid of the blowouts when it comes to stacks, but a lot of the, the best teams on this slate have double digit spreads. So you might have to attack some, and I don't mind attacking this one. Um, I could see Brady throwing for four or five touchdowns. We talked about Antonio Brown being just a great play. Uh, so you can obviously pair him with Brown. I don't think anyone will play Mike Evans. Um, think he's going to come off the covet list 7k multiple touchdown upside in this spot um and if you're worried about you know maybe brown being too popular you could get some easy leverage pairing brady brown with ronald jones even um people have been worried about ronald jones maybe not catching passes but any running back that plays with brady is going to catch passes um Jones had three targets last week. He caught a touchdown from Brady last year in the playoffs. Um, he just looks like a pretty good play on his own. So, you know, I don't mind maybe pairing Brady with Jones and Brown or Brady with Brown and Evans. Um, of course, you can you can use Gronk in this spot too. I probably won't use Gronk. You know, these, these blowout matchups, I don't necessarily think is the, are the spots for Gronk when, when they might want to rest him a little bit uh, for yeah. the playoff run. And they have some other tight ends, too. But then as far as the Jets side, you know, they don't really need to do much um, for you to run it back with uh, a guy like Braxton Berrios. Um, Elijah Moore hasn't practiced and is still on the COVID list. It looks like he's going to be out. Uh, Jamison Crowder hasn't practiced yet. It looks like he's going to be out. Um, so like Berrios for 3,700 allows you to afford all that. Um, he had six targets last week, 10 the week before, uh, or sorry, 10 two weeks before that, um, a few rushing attempts in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I like the idea of sort of a blowout stack with Tampa Bay and maybe running it back with Berrios. Um, what about you? Give me, give me another game besides those obvious two.
1: Yeah, I like yours, and I think that not only Barry's. I think that you could even do Michael Carter coming back too. He was he was really active last week. I think that they, if they get down, they'll probably dump it off to him a lot. So I do like that. And you're right on the 35-14 thing. Like, you don't need the Jets to score. It doesn't have to be 38-35 for, for a stack to work, which is, I think, really important. Um, So I have two. Uh, one is, uh, you know, cheating a little bit. It's like the third or fourth highest game. But I, I really like this Rams-Baltimore game to go over the 46-and-a-half uh, that, that the Vegas set is the total. And the thing I like about this game in terms of stacking and playing is you can do it from, like, 50 different directions. You can play both quarterbacks. I mean, Stafford— It was really bad last week. He's 7,100. He had three interceptions, Uh, but the Baltimore secondary is just getting smoked. We saw it with Joe Burrow last week. I mean, they are 31st in passing points per game allowed in fantasy. Um, Baltimore blitzes a lot. Matthew Stafford just goes off against the blitz. He's really good against the blitz. So I just think Baltimore's just so decimated the secondary with so many injuries that I think this this just works really well for a kid back and forth. And we talked about, we talked about Tyler Huntley earlier. You mentioned him like, he had he had a really good game last time he started. He was uh, what did he do? He had he had four touchdowns in that game. Two hundred fifteen yards passing, two two touchdown passing, and then uh, seventy three yards rushing. You have that rushing floor with two touchdowns there. You only fifty six hundred. You can play either quarterback. You can play uh, the the running back of the Rams. Sony Michelle is playable. He's fifty eight hundred. He was 27 for a buck 31, a touchdown last week. I mean, you look at the Rams, the last four games, they have 107 running back touches. He has 95 of them. So like he's the guy right now, Darrell Henderson had one touch last week. And now I think he's hurt again. Um, so Michelle's playable. You've got a lot of Rams receivers that are playable. Obviously, Cooper Cup, but he's ninety five hundred. I do get that. Uh, but there's there's options here. If you want to play Cup, you know, then you don't play Mark Andrews in this game. You play someone cheaper. You play Marquise Brown, something like that. If you want to play Andrews, maybe you play you play Odell Beckham instead of Cup. There's just so many different ways to go, and there's so many different options here. I, I really like it. I mean, Beckham has uh, has scored four the last five weeks. Good, great matchup there. You want to if you can't afford Anders, you just play Tyler Higby at four thousand. So another playable guy in this game. He has five catches each of the last two games. Coming on a little bit uh, as the season goes on here. Uh, Low yards, but like you know, he he has five catches and a touchdown. Like that really works at the price of four thousand. And I I I like Marquise Brown this week. I think that he's fifty nine hundred. It's been a weird year for Marquise Brown, a guy that we kind of think of like oh he just catches long passes and, and scores touchdowns. His targets have been huge the last five weeks, 10, 7, 8, 13, and 9, uh, but no games over 55 yards since, since week nine, which is crazy because of how skilled uh, Brown is. Just their, their, their offense is built right now. They're throwing him short passes. But I'd like him to uh, – if you're going to give me those targets, I think he's going to have to break one at some point with the, with the speed and talent he has. So I just think there's so many ways to go, and Mar- Mark Andrews is 7,400 – He's a, a crazy stretch game. games. You mentioned him earlier. He's a league. He was a, he was a, a tournament winner last week with uh, when you paired him. You know, kind of ran him with Burrow and and, and Higgins or Chase or uh, or even Tyler Boyd on the other side last week. But uh, he's a 100 yards three straight weeks, uh, 34 targets last three weeks. He's massive. The thing I like about this game is it, it's for the amount for the low total, I mean, 46 and a half is not low, but not high. Um, there's a lot of pieces to play here. I don't know. Uh, I have to piece them together perfectly, but I like the fact you can go expensive and cheap or cheap and expensive. Uh, you can play either quarterback. Um, I really like this game. I think it goes, I think we get into the 50s on this game by the time it's over.
2: Yep, uh, I really like that call. Uh, The Ravens Ravens matchup has been uh, the winning stack the last two weeks, and uh, the totals in those matchups were under 50 as well. So, yeah, I think uh, that game is a really good environment for fantasy points, and both teams have some elite fantasy players. Yeah, that's a good call.
1: You want a super sneaky uh, in a tournament if you're playing multiple lineups, low total game that I think goes over also? I'd love to hear it. I really like you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me. I really like Detroit and Seattle to go over the 42 and a half this week. I think there's a lot of a lot of weapons here. And the matchup is good. Like neither defense is really good, which I, is what you want. And usually at a 42 and a half, you have strong offenses and decent defenses here. I don't like either defense really. Um, I think Russell Wilson at 6200 is actually playable this week. He's been very middling the last 4 weeks. Like we kind of think like Russell Wilson always oh, been so bad because he's not been Russell Wilson, but he's been maybe quarterback I think 8 and 14 the last 4 weeks. So like he's been decent but you just kind of feel like a big week is coming. The Lions really struggle with downfield targets. So he's got uh, Tyler Lockett is back from COVID. I know he lost eight pounds on COVID, but he's back last week. Maybe he's fully healthy this week. Um, nice spot for him to hit some deep passes at 6,400. DK Metcalf, you know, had the big touchdown you mentioned last week, 6,500. Um, are we really gonna go all year without a big DK Metcalf game? Like, we haven't had a giant blow up DK Metcalf game, it has to come at some point. We only got two weeks left. Uh, I, I just like uh, I, I like pairing Wilson with either one of those guys. I think you can even go Wilson with both of those guys. It might be a week where you can actually play both of them. Um, but you also have Rashard Penny here. He's 6,100, um, 17 for 135 and a touchdown last week in Chicago. Good matchup here. He has killed both his like favorable matchups. Uh, Chicago and Houston did really well. Had a down game in between. But the bad matchup games, he's he smoked. He's looked good, too. He looked good in the snow last week. Detroit is bottom eight in rushing uh, points per game, rushing yards, touchdowns to running backs. Like they're just bad stopping the run. I think the key for me with a stack in this game is the other side is just super easy. I think you just play Amon Ross, St. Brown. You don't even think about it. You don't worry about anybody else. He has double digit targets in four straight games. Like he had, he was nine for 91 in touchdown this week with freaking Tim Boyle playing quarterback. Like that's, it's impressive right there. And he's, I mean, you give me four straight weeks of a guy with, uh, with, with, uh, with double digit targets. I'm going to take that every time. I think it's really easy. i don't think you have to like figure out who you want to sack, who you want to play here. I think it just works. He's 6,000, a playable salary there. Touchdowns in three or four, 70 plus yards in, in four straight games. Um, I'm actually going to bet this game to go over. I think 42-and-a-half is too low. Um, you know, It's Seattle-Detroit. Like, I'm not going to go crazy here, but uh, I think it's a pretty stackable game where you play the Seattle uh, Wilson and one of the receivers or two, and then you come back with St. Brown.
2: You completely sold me. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> is, was looking when it's 3-3 for...
1: three, three at halftime, don't call me and ask me about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was looking for an, exclu- an, an excuse to play uh, Amon Ross-St. Brown- just crazy to see at least 11 targets in four straight games. Yeah, you said it. Um, I guess if I have anything to add, um, I was also looking for an excuse to maybe take a chance on DeAndre Swift, who doesn't have an injury designation and has been practicing fully and is now down to 6,000. I don't think, you know, I I don't think he'll be popular. Um, So I wouldn't mind taking a chance on Swift either.
1: And if you want to look at like game script and how you need a game to go to to do well in tournament, like if Seattle gets up, DeAndre Swift they're going to dump it off to him a bunch of times. Like earlier in the year, he was getting a, t- a bunch of those plays in the second half where he would catch a bunch of passes. So I think that works too. And obviously a, a talented guy. So yeah, if you wanted to get a little different from away from St. Brown, um, your Swift calls uh, really interesting and good. I I do like that in terms of like a game flow, game script. If it works the way you need it to on the Seattle side, I think it works really well for Swift coming back too.
2: Definitely, yeah. The first half of the year, he led the league in fourth quarter targets, and that included wide receivers. That
1: is uh, that's pretty wild, right there. And uh, it seems like Jared Goff will be back, so that's uh, you know not that we're really excited about uh, Jared Goff, but uh, I think we'd rather have him in there for a stack game rather than rather than Boyle.
2: Mm Hmm. Agreed.
1: So let's talk about some other uh, stacks you want to play. Obviously, we talked about, uh, you know, we've got the, the KC Cincinnati game. We've got the Dallas Arizona game. Um, what are you looking in terms of like where you're going to play? If you, if you have a, a, you play a tournament, you're not going Trey Lance in the lineup. Are you going Mahomes with one of the receivers? Are you playing Burrow with one of his guys? Are you playing Dak? Where are you kind of leaning uh, as your favorite stack among these, um, these more popular games?
2: Yeah, that's a tough question, you know, because obviously you can make a good argument for all four of those sides. Um, I think the first place for me, I think, uh, is going to be Dak and Dallas. Um, I like that Dak is 6,700, you know, he, he's a thousand cheaper, uh, than Mahomes, and just looked great last week about, uh, against Washington. He, he had over 300 yards passing and in the first half and made three or four touchdowns in the first half, um, Arizona hasn't you know, hasn't looked that great recently. I think this could be a spot for Dallas to put up some points. Um, I like, you know, CD lamb always, uh, I think 7,100 is, you know, it's a, it's a decent price. It's a little cheaper than he's been, uh, recently. And people might be a little bit off of him. You know, he hasn't scored a touchdown in six, five, six weeks. Um, you know, hasn't had a big game in a while, but, you know, he's always uh, he, he he's always in play for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I think Gallup's a decent price. Uh, I think Dalton Schultz has been very involved recently. Eight catches in consecutive games uh, and a touchdown. And, you know, people still don't really like to roster Schultz. I mean, yeah, he, he'll be he'll be rostered because it's it's you know, it's a good stacking spot. But not overly so. Um, so I think I like the Dallas side, and I like uh, I like some runback options on Arizona. I like Christian Kirk. I think yeah. it's a good salary for Kirk. I think he's going to see plenty of targets. Um, it could be another spot for Chase Edmonds. You know, we'll have to see about the the injuries to or the injury to Connor. I know they're both listed as questionable right now. But you know, even if they both play, I still think Edmonds is perfectly fine. I mean, we saw him catch eight 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 ke- or eight balls last week on nine targets he had a huge game against the colts um so i think i lean that game only because the prices are better yeah. um you know the, the i do like kc uh, and cincy um but you know you, you got you got to pay 8300 for tyreek uh 7300 7, for kelsey burrow and higgins are the most expensive they've been all year uh i still like that game but it probably has me leaning dallas what, what about you so I was ask you before I
1: get into that. How do you deal with someone like when like with like Burrow in terms of like strategy? I mean, obviously he went crazy last week. Do you think everybody's like, oh, he can't do it again and don't play him, and then suddenly he's interesting, or do you think everybody's like, oh, I'm just gonna play Joe Burrow again because he won a bunch of tournaments last week?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. You know, it's yeah. tough for it's I, I, for me. I sort of lean that people aren't going to play him as much because it's such a big salary jump and you know Casey's D uh, hasn't been a great spot to target recently Um, you know people just don't like paying the salaries when guys are at their highest point of the season you know people didn't like playing T Higgins before I mean do do they do they like to play him now I don't know 6,900 so yeah you know those spots i sort of like those spots yeah i like to take a chance on those spots when guys are uh yeah when guys uh, g- have a big salary bump like that i i guess i don't think people like to take chances there which makes me want to take a chance there
1: yeah fun game
2: i mean kansas city defense
1: has been really good i think they had like 17 or fewer points in seven of eight games they've, they've been really good but this is obviously this is a this is a pretty uh, back and forth uh, high power game and uh, uh, Tyreek Hill is tough. Like he played, he only played 29 snaps last week. They they got up in that game. They didn't really need him. They just kind of rested him coming off COVID. He was two for 19. Like if you played him in a lineup the way last week was, you pretty much died. I mean, there was no way you could pay that price and him went two for 19 and, and do well with as as high as scores were. Um, but I mean, the week prior, before COVID, he was 12 for 148 and a touchdown. It was first hundred yard game since week four, but he went crazy. Um, Kelsey missed last week to COVID, so we'll see kind of how he comes back, but. I think that's the that's the that's the riskier one for me, just because the the prices are so high. Like I mean, Mahomes is 7800 You mentioned Hills eighty three hundred. Kelsey seventy three hundred. I think I like the Cincinnati side a little bit more in that game. I'd probably go Jamar Chase instead of Higgins, just kind of playing me. You know, maybe it's his turn thing, but I mean, Chase still had 152 yards, 125, 150 yards last week, so he was he was still 125. Sorry, he was still really good, but um, obviously Higgins got all the attention for for the for the 194 and the and the and the, and the 13 targets. But um, we talked about Brady. I think that, that he he works with Brown or Evans or yeah, I would. Probably, I, I think I agree with you on Gronk, but Evans or, or Brown here. I lean I Dallas also, and the, the key for me, you you kind of hit it all with the Dallas game, and I agree with all the thing you said. Um, I think even if you don't stack this game, I really like C D Lamb this week as a standalone 7100. I think we're going to see a big, big C D Lamb uh, week this week. I'm going to play him in a bunch of lineups, even in ones where I maybe play Trey Lance or, or, or stack somewhere else.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like uh, using CD, uh not necessarily in a Dallas stack just, just as a one-off to still get some exposure to arguably the best game on, on the slate.
1: He hasn't got over 100 yards since week eight. I think that ends this week. I think that uh, it just feels to me like we're going to get 100 yards and a touchdown and a lamb and and maybe a maybe a big blow up game too. Um, We mentioned all the stacks that so we kind of hit everybody in talking about quarterbacks. I know earlier you mentioned there were some mid range quarterbacks. We talked about the upper six thousands. Are there any other quarterbacks you want to mention that you're really thinking about uh playing pretty aggressively this week? Um,
2: we kind of no, we kind of yeah. already
1: talked hurts. We talked we we mentioned yeah. Herbert. Um, so
2: I. Yeah. Not that I'm going to play aggressively. You know, I was going to take another chance on our guy Herbert. Um, but, uh, with Mike Williams back now and Keenan, probably like a bit overpriced, it's tough to sort of come up with, a. And, you know, the, the Denver side of that game isn't great. So yeah. it's it's tough to come up with something I like in that game. Yeah, good um, so. good
1: good luck picking a Denver receiver on a week-to-week basis. It's, it's, it's hard to figure. I, I, and I think it's going to be Drew Locke again this week. Uh, it looks like Bridgewater's not going to play. And uh, it's just it's hard. To, I mean, Sutton was a little bit better last week. But it's, it's hard to pick one there.
2: Yeah, if, if anything, um, I don't mind like a small Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard uh, stack with maybe coming back with someone on Washington. Um, but yeah, I'm not like overly uh, in love with this range. I prefer the the guys at the top or the guys that we mentioned.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree there. Um, so what about running backs? We talked about Jonathan Taylor at the top. There is a a slew of kind of a, you know, in the mid range, or I guess I get I I the second tier range of, of running backs. We've got Austin Eckler's A200, Alvin Kamara's 7,900, Joe Mixon's 7,500, Mixon had a big game last week. Um, if you're not playing Taylor at the top, are you dropping down lower? Or is, there, is there anybody in this range you really like? I guess you could put Zeke in there too at 7,100. Is there anybody in like the 7,000 and 9,000 range that you really are going to play a lot of this week?
2: Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to be off of Eckler um, just because I'm worried about his usage a bit. Um, you know, just with the injuries that he's been dealing with, uh, the fact that Justin Jackson's looked good and that Jackson was, you know, seeing a decent amount of, Snaps and touches, even when Eckler was playing. Um, so probably no for Eckler. Um, those two guys below him, Kamara and Mixon. I think they're interesting. Um, Kamara, you know, he he doesn't project the greatest, but that also has him. You know, I'm I'm seeing right now three uh, percent projected roster ship. I, I don't know if I don't know if it'll be that low, but you know, I have a little bit of interest in Kamara if nobody's going to play him. Um, By the way, I don't think
1: anybody's going to play him. I think 3% is dead on.
2: Yeah. um, Now, maybe I won't either. And maybe, you know, sort of that's what everyone's thinking. But I think that puts him into the conversation. I mean, you know, he's got the talent to be the highest scoring running back on any slate. Uh, Home matchup against Carolina is not the worst spot. Uh, So, yeah, I don't mind Kamara. And then Mixon. Yeah. uh, Everyone's looking at the uh, the passing attacks in that game. Yep. So, I think I'll have some interest in Mixon. You know, it was nice to see him catch six passes last week, which, you know, when he's involved in the passing game, uh, I can always get behind Mixon. What about you? You got you, you partial to any of these guys?
1: Yeah. Just as we got, just as we we're talking here, uh, Kirk Cousins just put on the COVID list. So he's not playing uh, this week. He, that's obviously the Sunday night game. So that won't affect us. But uh, someone in the chat asks us about uh, Justin Jefferson. Like if, uh, without Cousins out, how, how, uh, how much do you, uh, how much do you worry about someone like Jefferson? I think I still play him. And if I'm in a, my fancy playoffs, I don't think I'm sitting Justin Jefferson, but it looks like it probably, I think Sean Mannion, their backup is also out. It's probably Kellen Mond if I'm doing the Vikings uh, depth mm-hmm. chart, right? Like, I think I still play Jefferson, but boy, that's a little bit scary. That's uh, that's that's huge in a fantasy finals right there.
2: Yeah, that's huge. Um, definitely makes me worry. Um, I haven't looked at that game yet, but I would assume Thielen's out. Yeah, Thielen, Thielen's out. Thielen's on the IR. Yeah, so he's, he's decent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know that's a little bit of a bump to Jefferson. I mean, regardless of who the quarterback is, the you know, now they're almost sure to be trailing in this game. So you still got to think Jefferson is going to see double digit targets. Um, yeah. Obviously I don't like him as much without cousins, but uh, still in a good spot with no feeling and in a game that they're likely to be trailing.
1: Yeah. Not in the slate, but just to answer the question, I would, I would worry, but I'd play him as kind of what I'd, what I'd come down to it on. Same but, um, On the running back question. I agree with you. I think, I think Mixon's the guy here that I, that I, I do like just because of how just kind of involved he is in everything they do it's weird like his big games are games where they really use him in the passing game sometimes they don't sometimes they do i think this is a game where they're gonna to have to kind of use everybody i mean last week he was only 18 for 65 rushing but six for 70 receiving and a touchdown there he's only 3.3 yards per carry his last four games so while they give him a lot of volume he hasn't been he hasn't been super efficient with it but i just think he's super involved uh kansas city's allowing 4.5 yards per carry on defense they're also allowed a lot of stats out of the backfield to running backs catching the ball so I think Mixon's my favorite too. The Camara thing's interesting. You mentioned you kind of hit it What I was going to mention. I don't think anybody's playing him. Off that week game last week, uh, you know, Taysom Hill is back, but that helps their offense. I don't know how much that helps Camara. Like it just it's just not really it's not really the dump off offense they get into because Hill runs so much. And then at the goal line, like you get inside the 10, Hill's gonna run it too. So uh but I think I agree. I don't think anybody's going to play him. Um, on the flip side, with expense, since we're in the expensive range, uh, we talked about Cooper Cup earlier. We we're talking about Stafford and the Rams, and obviously Cup. We don't need to go through his resume. Like he's got a chance to set records this year. He's 9,500, but like every single week, he's really good. Um, these other expensive receivers—they're one in the, the kind of that same range. We talked about 7,000, 9,000. You know, Debo's 8,700, really expensive considering he's got Lance starting. Uh, Stephon Diggs 7,900, Kean Allen 7,500, AJ Brown off the huge game last week 7,200. Is there anybody? in the expensive receiver range here. I mentioned, I love Ceedee lamb at 7,100 guy that I'm going to be playing kind of alone or in stacks. Is there anybody else in this range that you really find yourself uh, wanting to play this week?
2: Um, You know, if the weather's okay in Buffalo, I don't mind taking a chance on digs. Um, And then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little too worried about Debo at that salary with Trey Lance. Um, But I do like Tyreek Hill um, because of what you said earlier, in that he's had some bad games recently only two targets last week and two catches so I think like his salary and the fact that he's like busted in three of his last four games that sort of makes me want to play him I mean Tyreek always has 40 fantasy points in him I mean he's just crazy (laughs) crazy upside um so yeah I I think I'll take a chance on Hill I agree with you I like CeeDee Lamb also yeah, I think I think it's a really good point
1: on on Hill. I mean, you're, you're the up the upside is so massive. I, I agree on Diggs. Um, he was what uh, seven for eighty five last week on on thirteen targets. Like he's still a ton of targets, but again, kind of in that uh, kind of in that vein we were talking about earlier with DK Metcalf. Like we just haven't had that big blow up game. I think it has to come at some point. Um, the only problem is that Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis are back this week, so suddenly that passing tree expands again. You got a lot of guys to touch the ball, but. Diggs seems to always get his targets. I, I do like him. Obviously, it depends on the weather too. But uh, I agree with you there. Debo's tough. Debo's eight thousand seven hundred, and I love Debo. Everybody knows from me in the pod. If you listen to it ever, uh, I love Debo Samuel. You get the rushing yards. I just, I just don't know what the game plan is going to be with Trey Lance. I don't think they're going to throw the ball a ton. If they get up, I think they will hand the ball off a lot. in the Second half, they may beat a Debo, but I, you know, you're kind of banking on, uh, banking on a rushing touchdown. Uh, great, great matchup, but I just I, I worry that uh, the targets and everything may not be there. Maybe they open it up with him. I don't know, um, but I'm not willing not willing to pay eighty seven hundred for it this week.
2: Yep, I couldn't agree more. I won't have any Debo this week, even though uh, I like him almost as much as you do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Almost, not quite. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get into the mid-range, what I think is interesting this week, uh, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is heating up and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including the multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is getting all users the opportunity to claim a free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free ten dollar site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly one million dollar DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly one million dollar contest features a million dollars in cat in total prizes, including first place receiving one hundred thousand dollars and a ton of overlay and prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free ten dollar offer to get started. So we've talked about expensive guys. We've talked about stacks. We've talked about uh, a lot of stuff. But I want to get into the mid-range a little bit here. I think it's uh, an interesting range to week, especially at uh, running back. We've got – in the six we've got a a bunch of guys kind of priced together here. We have Damian Harris, $6,600 off the three-touchdown game. We have David Montgomery, who gets all the touches for the Bears at sixty five hundred. We have Javante Williams off a poor game against sixty four hundred, but plays the Chargers, who have been a a team you want to run against all year long. And you got Ronald Jones, you mentioned earlier in the Tampa Bay stack at sixty three hundred. Uh, among those those four guys, there's somebody that I went before we get to the five thousands. There's somebody in the six thousands that you really are going to play uh, heavily this week.
2: Yeah, um, I think first would be David Montgomery. Um, okay. The volume has just been great with Montgomery, uh, you know, 28 touches last week, you know, his targets too. I'm seeing, uh, He's averaging almost eight targets a game in his last four, nine, six, seven, nine. Um, that matchup against the Giants, you know, it might have a 37 total, but the Bears total is 21 and a half, I believe right now, which is okay for Chicago and, you know, a likely Positive game script for the Bears. Um, Montgomery is, you know, sort of popping in the projections more than those other guys. So he's definitely in my cash lineup um, and I don't mind him for tournaments either. Uh, Ronald Jones, too. You know, we've we've talked all year about the Jets being a great spot uh, for running backs. And that's no different for Jones in Tampa Bay. Um, so I think, yeah, Montgomery and Jones in that range. You know, I love the, the Patriots running game in this spot at home against Jacksonville. But, you know, we have uh, Ramondre Stevenson back. Uh, so it's tough to sort of decide which one. I think uh, Harris is a really good tournament play. Uh, but for cash games, I'm looking at Montgomery and Jones.
1: Yeah, I like Javante Williams as a tournament play. Also, just uh, I think that people will be off of him with, you know, the fact that uh, they split carries and all that, and they've kind of done all year long. But I mean, it's just this Chargers defense. I mean, last they kind of been better against running backs for a while, and then last week Rex Burkhead goes twenty-two for what over like a buck thirty-five, where it wasn't two touchdowns. He was he was in a lot of tournament lineups with with Burrow and and uh, in Justin Jackson. Um, Really quiet last week. He was seven for twelve. Did score. I think he's just a tournament guy, but I mean the, the upside is is definitely there for him to go pretty crazy against the charge if he can kind of bust a couple of runs. Um, other than that, I agree with you. I mean Montgomery's just getting so many touches; he's not super efficient, but if you're going to get that many targets, it's like hard not to be decent at 6500 when you when you, you know, catch the ball so many times in a PPR format.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and you know going up against. Against Glennon and and from figures to have the Bears in some decent spots, some decent field position, you know, adds to Montgomery's touchdown equity a little bit, you know, that combined with with the volume makes him look pretty good. Um, Yeah, I like I like the uh, Williams call for tournaments. I've been seeing a lot of things about how bad the Chargers are tackling, especially recently. Um, So that bodes well for the running backs. Yeah, Jeff Feinberg,
1: who uh, who does a lot of stuff with Pat Mayo and is a big Chargers fan, has been ranting about their tackling all year long. He's a huge – he's a, like a Chargers nut. So he, it, it's, a, it's a good one. He's been ranting about the tackling all year long. Yep. Uh, some fi- the 5,000 range I think is really interesting this week. We don't have quite the like – Jump out, obvious, super cheap plays we had last week with Justin Jackson, etc. And we had John Ronald Jones really cheap. I think Madison was really cheap on FanDuel, at least last week. But we have three guys in the 5,000s here on DraftKings that I think are very playable. We've got Darrell Williams at 5,800 in that game. We talked about uh, Kansas City and Cincinnati a bunch earlier, but 5,800, Clyde Edwards Elaire is out. Um, Chase Edmonds at 5,700. I mean, obviously, James Connor's status affects that a, a good amount, especially with touchdown equity. And then Devin Singletary, my favorite guy in this range, 5,400, great matchup against Atlanta. Um, the last There's been 58 Buffalo touches last week. I know they're quite, I they don't hand the ball off a ton, but he has 50 of them. Like he's clearly taken over the lead back role here. Um, he's a guy that, you know, gets a lot of targets too. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be down against Atlanta, but um, he's explosive too. Like there's upside with Singletary. If he gets all the touches, um, I love getting a running back in this offense if he's going to be the guy.
2: Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said and i also prefer singletary there you know Brito was a healthy scratch last week uh zach moss a healthy scratch the week before you know it seems like singletary's sort of turning in turning into the guy uh yeah. it's a great it's a great spot at home to atlanta he catches passes too so yeah i think singletary probably my favorite there but I like Williams and Edmonds, too. I think they're similar. You know, you're rostering those guys for the catches, uh, especially if James Conner doesn't play or plays. You know, if James Conner doesn't play, then, yeah, you know, I might favor Edmonds. You know, he'd he'd get a, a lot more carries, obviously, and he's going to be involved in the passing game, too. Darrell Williams. Yeah, I like him to catch balls in this spot. Um, I, I'm a little concerned. Um, I think they're likely to use... Uh, who is it? Derek Gore. Um, so I, 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 and I'm not, I'm not in love with Williams rushing upside, I guess, but I think, uh, I think he can catch a lot of passes in this spot. Like I, seven or eight catches seems pretty realistic for Williams. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think I, I lean Singletary. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean Williams is just really a volume
2: thing. He, he had five, and he get five starts without
1: Elaire and he had 19 touches in four of those five games. Like that's a lot of touches in that offense in this game. Um, you know, both hit, both Williams and Edmonds are like cheaper cheaper pieces of the higher scoring game. So I think that you've got to at least consider them. But you're right on the Williams up rushing upside. He was under 4.0 yards per carry in each of those five starts. So like he didn't do a lot with him, at least rushing. But like they use him in the goal line, they use him in the pass game. I just think if you're going to touch the ball this many times in this offense in that game, it's 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 hard for him not to get there. If he's going to get 19 touches. Like if you if you told me that right now. Um, you know, I'd, I'd sign up, uh, 5,800 for sure and kind of hope I get oh, yeah. a touchdown or two out of it. But, um, I think Edmonds, you're, I think if Connor doesn't play, you're right, he kind of goes to the top of the list. Um, I mean, he had nine targets last week. And I think that this is a situation where with no DeAndre Hopkins, we're seeing the targets go to running back and Zach Ertz. It's like the kind of the the a drop back. And like usually it used to be D Hop was a security blanket. Now it's, you know, Ertz or one of the running backs. So I think that, uh, you, you just, you get that many targets in a game. And Edmonds obviously has some explosivity too. I mean, he can get, he can score. Um, the, the past he was just huge at PPR in, in this game, a back and forth game a little bit. Uh, I think Edmonds is very playable too. I mean, we got that's three guys, the 5,000 is super playable. I mean, I, that, that makes lineups open up a lot. Absolutely. Is there anybody under 5,000 you like? I kind of looked at Boston Scott for a second based on the fact that Miles Sanders is out, but I'm like, he, last week he was, t- he scored, but he was 12 for 41. Like I just, I, I need more touches than that. And um, I think, you know, Kenneth Gainwell's going to play uh, Jordan Howard's up in the air, whether he's going to play, it was hard for me to get excited about an Eagles running back, but uh, I, I, there wasn't a lot under 5,000. Like It was, it was good were the 5,000 guys. I really liked enough that I didn't even jump down the four thousands.
2: Yeah. We're on the same page. Uh, I looked at Boston Scott too. And uh, yeah, Jordan Howard would have to miss uh, for me to have interest in Scott. Uh, like you mentioned, I don't think he'd be involved much in the passing game. I think that'll probably go to gain well. Um, but and- if, if Howard is out, um, I think there's enough touches there for Scott in you know a pretty favorable matchup that that makes him okay. Um, but if Howard plays, you know, Gainwell's in there on third down, yeah, I'll probably be off Boston, Scott, especially you know, he'll be not popular but he'll be played. Um, so yeah, yeah, not not for me unless unless Howard's out.
1: I think I would just find the 500 to go to Singletary pretty easily and go there, but. Uh, I want to talk about some wide receivers in the mid-range, but a note from our sponsors at Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim that subscription. Number one, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Second, deposit a minimum of $10, and you'll receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And third, playing your first paid contest on Thrive, you receive a six, a free six-month borderline subscription. So, Ryan, mid-range wide receiver. I talked, you know, like yeah, 5,000, 7,000, somewhere in there. Um, there's a couple guys in here I really like. Uh, there's two especially. The first one you've already mentioned was Christian Kirk. He's 5800. Um, just like how they're using him in this offense without Hopkins, he has 21 targets the last two weeks. This is a game where I think Dallas is going to score, so Arizona's going to have to throw and come from behind. Um, I just like I just like getting those targets in a guy that is, is talented under 6000. The other guy I love here we haven't talked about yet is Brandon Cooks at 6000 against the 49ers. Um, great game script, great great matchup. The 49ers cannot stop wide receivers. I've said it all year long. I don't know why coaches haven't been a little bit better about it, but I mean, look at last week, A.J. Brown, first game back off the injury, just smoked the Niners. Like, he, they just didn't have anybody to guard him. Um, they were just throwing the ball outside and deep, and just it, it's, it's unstoppable because they just don't have uh, cornerbacks right now that can stop good receivers. They have, they have good safeties. They have good linebackers. They have good line. The cornerbacks on the outside are really, really rough. Um, Cooks missed week seven, week 16 with COVID. He's back now. Week 15, he was seven for 102, two touchdowns with 10 targets. He has been very, very good with Davis Mills. We talked earlier in the year like, we need Tyrod Taylor for Cooks, like, that's not been the case. Four or five games with Mills have been really good, and again, the Niners can't cover wide receivers.
2: Man, yeah, how good is Davis Mills? I mean, (laughs) I I mean, he's he's the
1: best rookie quarterback, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Not even really joking anymore. I'm yeah. really impressed with Davis mills and you know, he's a, he's a big upgrade. It looks like, uh, from Tyrod Taylor, uh, especially, uh, as far as Brandon cooks is concerned. So yeah, cooks was also cooks would have been the first guy I mentioned also, um, definitely in on Brandon cooks. Like you mentioned, it's like, it's a pretty good matchup even against, against the Niners who have, uh, given up some big plays, uh, in the passing game almost every week. And, uh, the quarterbacks,
1: ho- quarterbacks are horrible.
2: Horrible. Yeah, and Houston's likely to be trailing, you know, which is good, too. So, yeah, uh definitely like Cooks. I like Kirk. Um, we mentioned uh, Amon Ra already when yeah. you talked about the Seattle stack. like him, too. The other guy, so I wasn't expect. you know, I'm still – I'm sort of up in the air on this guy still, and it's because of his quarterbacks. But DJ Moore – his salary has dropped now, and his targets are 12, 11, 10, 10. Um, again, don't love his quarterbacks. Don't, like, love the matchup necessarily. But I do like those targets for 5,600, and I do like the talent of D.J. Moore. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that's a decent spot, too.
1: We're, we're back to Darnold this week, right?
2: Oh, okay. Uh, I like the, I like D.J. Moore, or I like Moore more more. With Darnold. I think I do too. And I am looking at it now. I think it's going to be Darnold to start. I I actually like more
1: too. I just, I'm a big Gigi Morgan. I talked about him a lot last year, a lot earlier in the year. The quarterback situation has kind of pulled me away a little bit, but yeah, 5,600 is a low price for that talent. On the same note, 6,200 for the talent of Terry McLaurin, who's had some quarterback issues. Um, The targets are down a little bit. I don't know what to do with McLaurin. His targets last four weeks are five, four, four, and six. Like that's, that's not what you want. He hasn't topped 51 yards since week 11. Um, Obviously the, the upside is there. I'm having a hard time getting to him at 6,200 though, even with the, with the price drop.
2: Yeah. And you know, me too. And what makes it even harder to get to him is that Antonio Brown, Brandon cooks, Amon Ross, St. Brown, they're all the same salary. Um, So the argument for rostering McLaurin is that pretty much everybody's going to feel that way. And pretty much everybody's going to roster those guys we just mentioned. Um, McLaurin will not be popular. Uh, We know he has upside and that makes him a good tournament play, uh, you know, theoretically from a, at least from a game theory perspective. So I I don't mind him, especially in like the largest field tournaments. I I probably wouldn't use him in a single entry, Um, but yeah. If anyone ever tells you the NFL season isn't very long, just
1: tell them that we uh, – in week 17, we're debating Terry McLaurin versus Amon Ross St. Brown and leaning towards Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown. So yep. it's, uh, it's been a long 17 weeks, but it's amazing how much stuff changes. I think that uh, – I think Russell Gage in here is playable at 5,600. Like, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot against Buffalo. You know, you need some weather there. But um, he was down last week, but Matt Ryan only threw the ball 24 times, so that it was just kind of a weird game there. So I think that's playable – uh, if you want to go back to Tyler Boyd 5400 i think he's a little too reliant on the on the huge plays right now like he had a couple big plays the last couple of weeks and you know he's scored, he's 85 yards and in, in 3 of 4 but like only 17 catches total so i think i would just i'd probably veer towards the other guys there uh, what about the cheap options 4500 and below and you mentioned Braxton Barrios already we're talking about the jets um he's 3700 i think very playable with the, with the six targets last week I think I'd want, uh, I want to make sure Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder sit. If I do it, I want him to be the slot guy there, but uh, the Jets should have to throw a lot. Tampa's not an easy matchup, but you know, if you're going to get a lot of throws, you know, give me a, give me a bunch of eight yard catches and I, I can work with that at the price. Um, anybody else down here under 4,500 that you are interested in?
2: Um, I haven't found one yet. Um, no, uh, I also, <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't really looked too much yet. So I, I I was hoping maybe you had Uh Berrios though. Yeah, I, I agree. I need more and Crowder to be out. I mean, if I'm going to roster a Jets receiver, got to make sure that Barrios is getting all the snaps and, you know, his first or second option uh, for whoever the quarterback is. I, I'm honestly not sure. Um, Zach Wilson? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be Zach Wilson again.
2: Yeah, yeah, Zach yeah, Wilson. Yeah, you'd um, have
1: that electric 52 yard rushing touchdown last week. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a <laughs> that nice was not play. Bad. Um, so we talked earlier about Kansas City and Cincinnati and, you know, all the points in that game. Um, what do you do with someone like Byron Pringle in this game? He's 4,100. Uh, he had a big game last week. He was 6 for 75, two touchdowns on seven targets. Obviously, it was helped by the fact that Kelsey didn't play and Tyreek Hill kind of played. He had he, Tyreek Hill played 29 snaps. Um, but he's a cheap part of this game. He was He's, he's kind of moved above Hardman in that wide receiver 2 situation and in, in conversation for the Chiefs. He was under 50 yards the five the previous five games. So I'm not like talking like this guy's big, but 4100 as a cheap piece of this game, I think if you want to slide that in there, I I wouldn't argue too hard against it.
2: No, I wouldn't either. Uh, yeah, he's it's definitely moved ahead of Hardman. He's he seems to be like the clear cut number two wide receiver for Kansas City. Um, I do think Kelsey being out probably helped him quite a bit um i wish he was 3100 like he has been all season uh 4100 yeah i don't mind it but you know he might be you know he won't be popular but he might be kind of too popular if people stack that game i don't know no i should you know people aren't gonna play pringle um
1: Uh, i don't know i I think i think some might off that game at 4100 i think if you're gonna go with a cheap piece that game he kind of sticks out as the one to play i think
2: yeah. Okay. What What I will say, actually, what makes him look a little better, at least as of now, um, there really aren't any cheap wide receivers this week. Um, oh, I got. You know, I got
1: two. I got two more for you coming. Don't worry.
2: Okay. Good. Good. Last week we had you know some guys that you know Palmer, you know some quote unquote, yep. uh, you know sort of easy cheap plays where you just you know they're gonna get targets, you know they're gonna play, you know guys that you feel sort of safe about the week before that we had Gabe Davis, uh, 3,700, you know, we feel safe about these guys with good quarterbacks on good teams in good spots. Um, so yeah, give me, give me these two guys that, that you're thinking of. So I've got a team here that's 15 and a half point
1: underdogs this week. We lined up should throw a lot, right? Uh, one of the, one of the receivers had 13 targets last week. Um, he was eight for 74. The other one has, uh, over 50 yards in five straight games. Four-plus catches the last five games. He played 68 and 64 snaps last week. Now, you're going to laugh. They both play for the Jaguars, who we've talked Mm -hmm. about a bunch. We got Marvin Jones at 4,400. We have Laquan Treadwell at 4,000. Jones is the one that's 13 targets last week. Treadwell's been over 50 yards in five straight games. Just 15-and-a-half-point dogs. Like, this second half of this game should be gross and them just dropping back and throwing, you know, 30 times. But – they're jaguars receivers it's ugly it's hard to figure but i actually think both are I, mean, I wouldn't play them together but i think both are very playable options at the prices i'd probably lean towards jones just because he's kind of the, the target guy i mean he had 13 targets let's be eight for 74 he is not top 75 yards in a long time i just think this is a game where they're going to throw the ball the whole second half um, i think jones is a better floor i think try maybe has some more big play upside but i think both are pretty playable you know you've got to kind of hold you know hold your nose a little bit with jacksonville anybody but uh, I think both are pretty playable. With James Robinson out now, too, I think that makes it so we get more balls, uh, maybe more balls to Jones, short stuff. Like You can't dump it off James Robinson. You can't, you know, they've got Ugun uh, Boale, who I always mess up his, uh, how to say his name. But he's starting at, 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 at running back now. Um, I think they lean on both these guys. I think both are playable, obviously risky as they're kind of tournament guys, but uh, I think both are pretty usable.
2: Yeah. Um, I've been agreeing with you a lot so far on this podcast. And I'm going to agree with you again, actually. Yeah, everything you said. You, yes, you he, love
1: you love your Jags receivers. I know
2: it. You know it. I just I just didn't want to be the first to bring it up. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's always yeah a
1: thing to do it.
2: Those are good price tags, uh, good projected game script. Yeah, everything you said. James Robinson out. Yeah, I have no problem playing either guy. Yeah, Treadwell's wild. I mean,
1: 50-plus yards in five straight games. Like, I never – you haven't even felt it. He's kind of always – he's caught, like, that one big play – um yeah, you know, got, sorry oh no go the ahead. catches are there too at four plus catches the last five games too it's so like even a a ppr maybe you go 450 at the price like that's a nice ppr floor built in And you just, you just hope he scores and it's a really really good play all of a sudden
2: yeah you know treadwell he got such a bad rap uh yeah. at minnesota but he's a first round pick yeah Um, so like 100 yeah, years ago he, but still a first round pick right first round <laughs> pick uh Obviously a talented player, and yeah, he's looked good in Jacksonville. Good price tag, so yeah, I don't have a problem with either of those guys. We've kind of hit most of the tight ends. We've talked about stacks and quarterbacks and
1: which games to stack and stuff. But uh, so we talked about Anders. We talked about uh, George Kittle. He's expensive this week. He's seventy one hundred. Um, I don't think I pay the price this week with with Landstar. I just don't know how they're gonna how much they're gonna really throw. Um, you know, Kittle's obviously always playable. Had three straight big weeks, and then last week was quiet. Um, it seems like their offense is like one of those three guys is like the guy left out each week. You can't figure out who it is, but you know, it seems like either Samuel or Kittle, The way they build it, you know, doesn't do a lot. But go on, Kelsey, 6200. I agree with you on the fact that I don't love him kind of blowout type games. I know he has a bunch of um, you know stuff in his contract. So if he scores three more times, it's big money for him. Maybe they try and exploit that, but. Uh, it's hard to play that. Um, Kyle Pitts had 100 yards last week. Uh, still, only one touchdown in the year. That's that's probably the most amazing stat to me all year is that Kyle Pitts has one touchdown. My range I like is the low 5,000 this week. I like you know, I like Zach Ertz at 5,200. I really like Dallas Goddard at 5,100. Uh, quiet week last weekend. Back to my 100-yard games. He was only two for 28 last week, but uh, nice matchup. Washington defense has been kind of smoked with COVID. He had 100 yards against them. 135 against them last time. He had a touchdown called back last week. It would have looked a lot better. Um, and then Dalton Schultz at 5,000. You mentioned earlier in the Dallas stack is playable, too. I think I'm, my 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 playing in, in tight ends is probably going to come from that low 5,000 range this week. I think.
2: Couldn't agree more. Yep. That low 5,000 range, those are my favorite guys, too. Ertz, Goddard, Schultz. Um, I don't know. Ertz and Schultz maybe look better because of the game stack. But I kind of prefer Goddard. So, I like, if I, just, if I just had to pick one, uh, it'd be Goddard. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, what
1: about uh, any cheap tight ends you like? Uh, any, like, you know, say 4500 and below?
2: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say there's any that I like. Um, but considering for cash games, yeah. Um, CJ Uzoma, um, he's all right. You know, seven targets last week, six and six uh, before that. Um, so I think that's okay, you know, and since he should have to be passing, um, So I'm considering him. And then Cole Komet's okay. You know, he he gets the targets, and it's a pretty good matchup. So I think, like, those are the two cheap guys I'm looking at right now. Uh, as far as, like, below that, I don't know. You 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 got anybody?
1: Uh, since I've already mentioned, I think Seattle is going over their total in team. So I think Gerald Everett at 4,100 is, is fairly playable. It's hard not to maybe go up a little bit to those 5,000 guys. But if you find yourself kind of strapped for salary there, um, he had 60 plus yards last two weeks. He was 468 in a touchdown last week. Five targets. It seemed to like like to use him inside the uh, the, the red zone. There, um, he's been a top 12 tight end in five of seven games with Russell Wilson back. So I think he's playable. Um, I think he, weirdly enough, uh, kind of g- g- harking back to a month ago, I think Foster Moreau is is weirdly playable. He's only 3800. Um, he's at Indy, but over 65 yards last two weeks. Like he was such a letdown that kind of everybody's crossed him off. But you know, six nine and four targets last three weeks. He's playing a ton of snaps. He kind of falls in there. Um, A guy you mentioned last week, uh, maybe two weeks, two weeks ago, Brevin Jordan. He's twenty eight hundred. I think if you are going to go uber cheap and punt, I think he's the way to go. With the thought that Houston's going to pass the ball a lot in the second half, I like receivers more than tight ends against the forty nine ers. But you know, if you are going to give me some some targets and uh, you know throwing the ball a ton in the second half, uh, Davis Mills has has shown himself to be pretty decent. Twenty eight hundred for Jordan, I think, is a a playable price if you wanted to punt the position.
2: Uh, Yeah, and I do sort of like. I do sort of like Foster Moreau. I I did mean to mention him. Uh, I agree with everything you said about him there.
1: So what about uh, what about defense? We've gone a while here. We haven't mentioned defense. Kind of the last thing. Uh, I'll let you go first. I found uh, I, I found one defense in the two thousands I liked, but it was hard to find them. It seems like a lot of them are in the in the low to mid three thousands. But what are you thinking about doing on uh, on defense this week? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of big spreads this week and a lot of uh, you know good teams against bad team matchups that you could probably exploit. You know, obviously the Patriots against against Jacksonville, the Bills against Atlanta. But what what do you find yourself doing on defense this week?
2: Mm, yeah. So. The 2000 range, yeah, is tough. You know, I, I normally try to pay down if I can. Um, there's not much that jumps out there. I think my favorite one would be the Dolphins. Uh, $2, Damn $2, it, you stole, you stole mine. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of sacks, right? Eight sacks, six sacks, um, up against, you know, Tannehill and the Titans, you obviously still don't have Derrick Henry. So yeah, it's it's a decent spot for sacks and turnovers. Um, so yeah, I, I think I like the Dolphins in the 2K range. If I'm going higher, um, you know, the Bears against Glennon and From. Sure. The yeah. Chargers against, you know, Chargers D has been bad, but Drew Locke, you know, Drew Locke throws picks. Is um, is also but- is also bad, yes right uh, and then you know the saints the saints seem to be in a decent spot um yeah darnold's been known to throw pick sixes uh probably as much as any other quarterback so yeah i don't know what about you is any who's standing out for you well you stole my miami
1: one i thought that was going to be a little sneaky but apparently not at 2800 um they have like you mentioned they have 14 sacks the last 2 weeks but on the flip side with a tennessee offense Here's the Tennessee sacks allowed last week's four, four, and four. Like, they've allowed 12 sacks last week's. They're giving up a lot. Not only that, they have four-plus turnovers in three of the last five games. Like, that's a lot of turnovers. Four turnovers in a game is a ton. Like, coaches freak out about that do it three of the last five games is, is pretty significant. Tennessee is really loose with the ball right now. Um, Tannehill gives teams a chance to make a big play. I really like the Miami D at 2,800. I think that's probably my most playable one. Um, and then the other two I like in the low 3,000s, you mentioned the Bears against Glennon Fromm. It's kind of funny how that's become a, a one name, put them together. Thank God the situation there is terrible. <laughs> um, five interceptions for those guys the last two weeks. Uh, the Bears have nine sacks last week. So I think that's, that's going to be a popular one and one that you probably have a pretty good floor in, in that game. The other one I like is weirdly in a high scoring game, but I really like the Dallas defense at 3,200. Um, they had, they had five sacks last week. I think that uh, if they get up, maybe force Kyler into some mistakes. They forced 14 turnovers the last four weeks. Like, this is a defense that's making they're, they're forcing fumbles, they're intercepting the ball. Obviously, everybody's talked about Trayvon Diggs and all his picks, but um, you know, Micah Parsons has been an absolute beast, uh, you know, with, with the sacks. I think they're the first team. To have a, a, a guy with ten sack or ten plus sacks and ten plus interceptions in the same season. Like they're just a fun defense right now. They're flying around. DeMarcus Lawrence had a, a touchdown last week. An in interception. They're just, they're just playing really well right now. And I think that if they get in the lead, they may force Kyler to some mistakes. I think they game with a fifty-one total, I, a lot, I don't think a lot of people are playing the defense too. So I think you get them at uh, you know a very a uh, very low roster ship too. But uh, so I'm going. Uh, I'm going Miami. I'm going Dallas. I'm going the Bears. And I think I'll probably if I could get up to Buffalo, I, I love them this week against uh, home against Atlanta. But I'll probably pay down Chicago, Dallas, and Miami, my three defenses on most of my teams.
2: Yeah, Dallas, wow. They really have some playmakers on that defense. Uh, my friend is a huge Cowboys fan. He he made bets weeks, months ago. Uh, Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Diggs, Defensive Player of the Year, at great odds that, that have a chance to hit right now. Yeah, that, that play by Lawrence last week, wow. Yeah, uh, I like Dallas D. They can score touchdowns lots of ways the book might
1: as well play that pay pay that Michael Barson's bet now right like there's, oh, there's yeah. no way anybody passes him for that that award right
2: right and it's funny um he was so disappointed when they drafted him you know uh <laughs> 11th 13th or whatever it was over over playmakers or or other positions that they needed but wow what a pick that was
1: yeah, he's he's a stud. I think I think that I mean, he's in the he's in the mix for defensive player of the year overall. Like, I don't think he'll win that. There's other yep. there's some defensive linemen like, uh, you know, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa. There's some guys who are going to win that award. But uh, Parsons is right there for the overall defense player of the year. I mean, the rookie thing has got to be a slam dunk. Yep. That's uh, that's that's good betting by your buddy right there. That's that's well done.
2: Yeah, it helped to be a Cowboys fan in that scenario.
1: Yeah, nothing like being a homer and actually winning some bets for it, right? Right, right. Um, but uh, anybody else you want to talk about? I feel like we've kind of hit it all. We talked about sneaky stacks. We talked about uh, chalk stacks. We talked about mid-range. We talked about expensive guys. We've kind of hit the gamut this week. It's a big slate. I figured we'd go a little longer than normal. Um, last question in the chat from the guy who had the Justin Jefferson issue. Uh, would you start Keenan Allen over Justin Jefferson this week? Oh man, my that's God! You're you're. Your, by the way, your team is good. If that's your decision, like, geez. That's a stacked,
2: right. That's a stacked roster. Oh man, you know, I don't uh, know, Scott. I think I I start I, I start, I start for you.
1: I'm not uh, I'm not sitting Justin Jefferson in my fancy playoffs is what it comes down to. If I, I if I lose so if I lose I lose. But if I lose because I sat my number two pick, stud, awesome guy who's been great all year, I, I just couldn't live with myself. And I think I mm-hmm. sleep better at night knowing win or lose, I started Justin Jefferson. I, I wouldn't be able to sleep the other way.
2: Yeah, I think if if Thielen was playing, I could get behind Allen, considering Vikings have you know their third string quarterback. But right. as it is, Jefferson's still going to see all the targets. You got to sort of roll with what with what got you there, you know.
1: Yeah, you didn't uh, you didn't prepare a full scouting report on Kellen Mond coming to the podcast. No, no I, I didn't. Lucky that's a Sunday night game. So as as much as we had breaking news, we didn't really have to deal with it too much aside from a few questions, but uh, that's uh, it's just, and and again, it's one of those things. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, like, well, I'm sure there'll be some late breaking news. There'll be running back. uh, Some cheap running backs may emerge. If we get some other COVID list guys, some of the injuries. So uh, definitely hit us up. There's no, no Saturday games this week. So it's all the Sunday 14 game slate. We'll be, We focus on that pretty good. Uh, Ryan's at, uh, it's not on the screen, but uh, R-Y-A-N-B-E-L-O-N-G-I-A. I I spelled that right, right? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm Scott at Scott Jensen, J-E-N-S-T-A-D. Other than that, we've got uh, got an extra week this week. So I guess we'll be chatting. uh, We'll be chatting regular season next week. And then we're actually going to do um, as long as you agree and are willing to talk to me, we're going to do uh, we're going to do the first two weeks of the playoffs. I think we're going to do the uh, the wild card round, which is now an extra game in there because there's only one team in the bye, and then we'll do the divisional round too. So as long as we have, you know, you know, I think it's seven games at division that the, the wild card weekend, and then four games of the division round. Um, DFS is still pretty big in those weeks, so we'll do we'll do shows in there. So we'll do next week for week 18, which is always a, a strange, crazy week with guys sitting. We'll do the two playoff weeks as long as uh, as long as Ryan's willing to hang with me uh, across the across the water here. Absolutely, I'll
2: be there. Cool.
1: Well, thanks everybody for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We greatly appreciate that. If you have any um, any uh, questions or anything, hit us up on Twitter. If you can please rate review the podcast, that'd be great. Also, um, other than that, I uh, hope everybody has a great uh, great weekend. Thanks to WinBet for their sponsorship all year long. Other than that, hope he has a, a really good uh, week seventeen. Hope you win some money and uh, take care. We'll be back at you next week. Have a good yeah.
2: Play. Thanks, Scott. Good luck, everybody.
3: The headlines remind us daily.